Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. He's been the face of Chicago public television for 30 years, and now Chicago's saying goodbye. Well, almost. To journalist and host, Phil Ponce. Good evening, and welcome to Chicago Tonight. I'm Phil Ponce. As of last night, Phil Ponce has ended his regular appearances on WTTW's Chicago Tonight. With a journalism career spanning four decades, Ponce has developed quite the reputation as an anchor with an unflappable cool, but one who's always ready to take control when guests get out of hand. I'm an American too. I'm going to insist insist on civility in this discussion. Please, the four of you. Shall we proceed? Shall we? Throughout his career, Ponce sat down with the who's who of big names, from Julia Child to an up-and-coming state senator. Key people who have not given you an endorsement, Bobby Rush, John Stroger, uh, Carlos Collins, your reaction? Well, look, the African-American community isn't monolithic any more than the white community or the Latino community or the Asian community is, is monolithic. And he was never afraid to hold a politician's feet to the fire. How big a mess are you leaving that other people are going to have to clean up? Um, we are, I think, in a position where our fiscal house is in order. Um, again, we've been able to do this in a way that no one thought we could possibly even have a chance sure, to do it. Sure, for now, but how about, how about your children? How about my children? What are they going to face? For a look back on his storied career, we're joined now by the one and only Bill Ponce. Bill, welcome to Reset. Sasha, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, and an honor. Thank you. You are not retiring completely, Phil. You're not leaving the air forever. So tell us, what are you going to be doing? Well, you know the phrase going, going, gone. I'm somewhere between going and gone, maybe closer (laughs) to gone. Gotcha. (laughs) But uh, no, what I'll be doing is over the course of the station has asked me to stay on for another year in kind of a standby capacity in case they ever need an extra hand on deck or if uh, if someone is, uh, say, they, they're down a host or two or somebody gets sick, I'll be at the ready should they ring the bell. Well, how does that feel? Because last night, the Chicago Tonight uh, episode last night was pretty special, Phil, because your colleagues, they did a wonderful job. They took us down memory lane. You, you sat down, you talked with Paris Schutz and, and Brandis Friedman. But today is the first day, right, the first morning since that send-off. So how are you feeling processing all of this? Well, you know, I think it's probably pretty common for somebody to feel a little wistful about what they're doing. Uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, I'm second-guessing myself, which is a, which is a long-time personal trait. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, look, at, at some point you know when the time is right, what feels right, you intuitively know that you want to leave when you're still capable of doing good work, and I hope that's been the case. And uh, I think it, so. it, it's better to <laughs> leave than to be pushed out. And also, television is a visual medium. And at some point, you're going to start scaring the horses, and I'm pushing my luck. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, because you're going from being the man to, we'll call you when we need you. That's absolutely fine. The station is in such good hands. Uh, Paris Schutz and Brandis Friedman and Amanda Vinicky and the other folks who are on the air. It's a new generation, and this is the order of things. This is how it should be for those of us who've been around for a while, hopefully to have imparted some of our 
uh, you know, some of the things we've learned to younger people, and then it's their turn. Well, I want to take it back to 1992. That's when you started with the network as a reporter. At that time, Phil, did you ever think that you would end up virtually becoming the face of news and public affairs at WTTW? I have to say, Sasha, I've never felt like that to begin with. But I will say that when I started in 1992, I just wanted to do a good job as a correspondent and, and being the backup to John Calloway. My very first day at Channel 11, when I was hired, uh, I walked out of the station. I was walking in the parking lot, and I literally, literally jumped and kicked up my heels. <laughs> I was so happy. And I have to tell you that uh, it's been... It has been uh, an honor and a pleasure and a privilege to have been able to walk into this building for, you know, all these years. Speaking of happy, you said last night, uh, you said, I leave tonight as a very happy and grateful person. That's absolutely right. Uh, And you're doing the same sort of thing. You're doing stories that matter. Uh, You're encountering people who are interesting, who are making a difference. I know the culture at BEZ, and you've got great colleagues. How lucky are we to be able to do that? So, yeah, there's a lot to be grateful for. I've had the support of station management. I've had great bosses in Mary Field and Jay Smith and colleagues like Brandis and Paris and and doing interesting work. It is a privilege to do this. You know, when we're on the public airwaves like this, you know this, we don't own the airwaves, we don't own the station, it's the public. And we're stewards of the of the work we do, and we have a responsibility. But it is, you know, it's, it's a responsibility, but man, it's a pleasure, and it is fun. Yeah, it's a great privilege. Uh, your knack for hosting and moderating, it caught the attention of PBS NewsHour back in the late 90s. Can you tell us a little bit more about that experience working with uh, Jim Lehrer? Uh, yes, uh, I worked with Jim for a couple of years. He uh, he hired me, and I went to Washington. And I have to say, and I think anyone who starts a new job that is a bit of a promotion, I was nervous about it. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a different stage. I learned a lot from Jim. One of the things he told me was. No matter who you interview, whether it's Jesus, Muhammad, or Buddha, interview them the same way. Now, obviously, if any of us <laughs> were in a position to interview any of those, any of those, figures, I'm like, where do I sign up for those? Yeah, I know. How do you do that? The point he was making was that interview everybody in the same way, in the sense of preparation, listening, and reacting. Uh, whether you're interviewing uh, a person on the street, whether you're interviewing uh, a mayor, a governor, a president. You treat them all with respect, but you hold them accountable for what it is they do in a way that is professional and uh, with a tone that's not prosecutorial. That's not my style. But you can ask tough questions. You can ask the toughest questions. But if the tone you, the tone you use, and I've tried to do, not always successfully, but if the tone you use is professional and calm, then, you know, that, that makes the... That makes the encounter uh, easier, but still substantive. Well, long before you started doing that, you, you were born in Texas, raised in the Midwest, and I hear you worked in a steel mill in your younger years? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was uh, born in McAllen, Texas, and my family, uh, uh, Mexican immigrants, and we moved to East Chicago, Indiana. I lived in the Indiana Harbor side of uh, East Chicago, 
two distinct neighborhoods. And both my parents were steel workers, and at the time it was called Inland Steel, and they would hire college kids for summer jobs. And I'm telling you, the summers that I worked at Inland Steel were an essential part of my education because it helped me understand, even though my parents were working people, it helped me understand uh, what working people writ large do to put bread on the table, Mm -hmm. and that I've tried never to lose sight of that. Yeah. You then became, later on, an attorney uh, before your journalism career officially began. So how did you make that shift, and and why? Uh, Really good question. I practiced law for six years. I went to the University of Michigan Law School after I graduated from IU in Bloomington. And essentially what happened, Sasha, and you'd think that going to law school, you would have your eyes open about what the profession is like. But what I learned about myself was that I don't like confrontation. Now, that may be ironic because I deal with people who are confronting each other, but uh, I don't like the confrontation personally. I don't like to be a part of it. And so uh, as a lawyer, most of what you do is advocacy. And uh, I was never comfortable temperamentally with confronting other people professionally or really, <laughs> really in my personal life, too. Yeah. And so I, I, it, you know, it, it finally dawned on me that uh, the advocacy portion of it was not a strength. And because it wasn't a strength, I felt that uh, I was not particularly good at being a lawyer. You talk about this uh, not liking confrontation, Phil, because you've become known over the years, I think, for, for this tough, direct line of questioning, especially with uh, local and national political figures, right? But you, you were also able to keep your cool, uh, even during some really tense interviews. Not and, always, but I not always, but I try. Sometimes, uh, yeah. yeah. How'd you do that? The key really is preparing and then going going into the encounter, uh, having, a, having a sense of what the viewer is interested, and actually posing questions that will allow the person you're interviewing to really express what he, she, or they uh, are thinking about. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they need a little nudge to answer the question, but I would say that it's a, it's, it's a discipline, and it's taken me a long time to, uh, to master it, but uh, you know, just as you evolve as a host, I've tried to evolve as well, and uh, it's a matter of mindset and knowing <clears throat> that you're steering the ship. Now, sometimes the ship will want to go in one way, mm-hmm. and you go with it for a while. You know, no interview can be completely scripted, and you don't want it to be. But if you have your, as your compass point what it is the audience wants to know, that kind of helps you set the agenda that will help them get the information that they need. Absolutely. And you, you just a lot of times you just have to go with the flow of, of the conversation. What was the worst interview you've ever done, Phil? Uh, i got to ask. Qu- <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know that I've had a worse one, but I've had a couple of really odd ones. For example, uh, Joel Osteen, who was the televangelist, uh, from Houston. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen his program. Oh, he's, got yes. the, he's got the great hair and he's in this vast arena in Houston. I lived with and, my mother for a long time. I've definitely seen Joel Osteen. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, uh, he came on the show once. He was having this big deal at, uh, at Sox Park. And so we had him on and he had a bodyguard who bullied his way into the studio because normally we do not allow security people in the studio because it presents an element of uncertainty. Now, if you're the president, the governor, or the mayor, and you have security, uh, then, okay, fine, you know, one or two of them will sit. But, you know, even with them, they typically don't insist 
on sitting in the studio, but mm-hmm. this burly guy insisted on the. I mean, he he literally barged his way in. I started asking Joel Osteen a question about gay gay marriage, and he was sputtering about it. All of a sudden, the security guard got up and stood right next to the camera facing me and gave me this look that would kill, as if to say, change the topic, buddy. Oh, my goodness. And it was, you know, it it was meant to be intimidating, and it was. And I wish I'd had the presence of mind at the time to to ask uh, Joel Osteen, why is it that your security person just got up and is staring me down while we're on this topic of of, uh, gay marriage? So uh, that is, uh, but I will tell you, the vast majority of guests are eager to come on they know that if they come on our show, they will have the opportunity to present what it is they stand for, what they believe in an unedited way, always subject to follow-up questions to clarify. But uh, it's been a forum that has been attractive to people from a wide spectrum mm-hmm. of, um, of political, social, religious beliefs. Who are some of your favorites, then? Oh, my gosh. You know what? I, I hate to tell you this, but uh, I don't do tell go, me you can't narrow I, it down. Come on. No, no. What I was going to say is I can't go. F- I, I have to admit that I go fanboy on people every now and then. Oh. I can't. I can't help it. Say for men of a certain age, <laughs> of which I'm now uh, a member of uh, coming up. I, you know, I had a crush on Judy Collins. I had a crush on Rita Moreno. Ah. <clears throat> uh, I remember Geraldine Chaplin from when she was in Dr. Zhivago. And to interview people like that uh, who come on the show, I have to tell you my heart skips a beat. Oh, wow. And and it's kind of fun. Having said that, you still keep it together, at least try to. But I'm tickled when that happens. I I suspect the same thing has happened to you when you've interviewed people that you admire. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm just shocked to hear that from you. And and so it makes me feel good to know that you're still fanboy. We're... (laughs) Uh, and that's another thing. Look, we are human, and sometimes when when it seems like chaos is ensuing during a debate, it's very yeah. <laughs> pretty stressful. One of the things uh, Jim Lara said, and John Calloway said, and Carol Marina said is, moderating a political debate, for example, is the most draining, exhausting, high wire act you can do. And afterwards, it is so depleting, and you and you know, I mentioned that, that you second-guess yourself, and you always wonder, did I do a decent job? You know, was I fair? Sometimes sometimes you feel good about it. Sometimes you think, you know what, I blew that one. Yeah. And that's just, uh, that's just the nature of being human. Even though we try to be as professional as possible, to be as objective as possible, we're human, and we screw up sometimes. And, you know, I'm the first to admit it. Well, your wife, Anne, of 50 years, and, and the rest of the family. I'm curious, how are they taking the news that you're, you're stepping back your duties at WTTW? Uh, I think they're really happy for me that I'm able to do it. They're glad to have you home? Well, you know, I've, I've got a lot of outside hobbies, and I'm really involved in the lives of my grandchildren. And so uh, I think they, they think, great, we have another babysitter. <laughs> more but, gardening, uh, more, more paper cutting? <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Those are things that I that I love, but first and foremost, my real source of satisfaction is is the relationship with uh, with everyone in in my family, and I already spend quite a bit of time with them. We're very close as a family, and I look forward to doing more of that. Uh, for the first couple of months, I'm probably just gonna just gonna take a breath, 
uh, try not to let my personal grooming go and see where, see where the compass points. But uh, I have a lot of interests, and I look forward to pursuing them. Well, I'm super happy for you. That is Phil Ponce, longtime host of Chicago Tonight on WTTW Channel 11. Phil signed off as anchor of the show just yesterday, and we're going to miss his frequent presence on our TV screens for the evening news. But, Phil, congratulations on a very successful run. Sasha, you've been very gracious, and I thank you for it. And all the best with Reset. Thanks. Phil Ponce is someone that knows and loves Chicago. But so are you. Tell us what you like about Reset and what or who you'd like to hear more of. You can always reach us on Twitter. We're at WBEZ Reset and on our Facebook page. We would love to hear from you. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.